Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the Almond View podcast with myself, Liam Innes, my co-host Jake Pointer. Hello. And pain-filled panellists Owen Innes and Little Tom's Fro, he's stuck it down the well again. Hello. Hello. This week we'll look back at the misery against Motherwell as the Lions fail to reach the top six in dramatic fashion. We'll also look ahead to the remaining fixtures in the split. We'll hear from our resident ladies' man about another Livingston's defeat. And finally, Liam will quiz us all on the pre-split shenanigans from this season. We're miserable. You're miserable. We hate Motherwell. We hate Ross County. Fuck me. I'm not going to beat around the bush. We find ourselves here yet again. Come and cry as we wallow in our own pain with us here. At the Sad View podcast. <laughs> no, I'm joking. At the Ammon View podcast. Saturday, the 9th of April, 2022. Solving since top six hopes. Perish in the dying embers of a 2-2 draw with Motherwell at the Macarena. Goals from Odin Bailey and Alan Forrest put the Lions in full control of their top six hopes before late goals from Callan Shattery and <laughs> former Libby man Pricky Lamy. Nah, I'll keep it in, fuck it. With the last kick of the game, which saw the Lions drop down to the bottom half of the table, dashing any hopes of European football and a meaningful end of the season games. So boys, yeah, let's just get stuck in. That's, I think you'd think we'd need some positive povey for this, but I don't even know if positive povey would even work. So I'll go to you first, Owen. How are you feeling pre-match? Obviously, we didn't see you before. What was what were you what were you feeling before? Were you kind of feeling quite confident we would take the we would win? I had zero confidence, um, but it wasn't necessarily zero confidence. It was more um, we've been so up and down that like it was it was unpredictable. It was just completely unpredictable. And then to hear that we were two 0 up, I was just like, this is this is amazing. Like, you know, we, we we literally can't get any better. And then, because uh, I was working, so I, I, I left it at 2-0, uh, got down to Pitlockery on the bus, checked the score, and it was two each. Um, just horrific. Again, at home, we failed to, we failed to win um, from a winning position as well, uh, which is just utterly ridiculous. So, yeah, um, I wasn't confident, necessarily confident going into the game. But uh, I'm, I'm very, very upset as to how we went on to lose that. Yeah, no, absolutely fair. Um, I don't know. I know. What you, I know what you mean by by confidence. I, I, I think that's why I was so sad after I was quite confident. Actually, I think uh, did feel quite. I don't know why I felt confident. Just I felt it was going to be our day. I was wrong, Thomas. I'm going to go over to you for some positivity, though. Because even though it didn't go our way, it was another game that we did completely control at home. You know, we're playing good football. We were the better team. Is that a small positive to take? Oh, you're really making it difficult for me here. I yeah, like performance. I think was good. 
I on the like really good. Um, was very confident watching the game. Didn't look like they had anything. I think the only kind of hiccup for me, or the bit that had my heart racing, was when um, Max saved the one off the line uh, that probably should have been a goal. But after that, it was you know it was all good. Like I just didn't see them scoring because we played well. We played pretty well. We were controlling it. We were keeping the ball well, getting up the park. We looked like we were getting into good scoring opportunities like fairly regularly. Um, yeah, I think to take anything from it, I think we, we did play well and we proved that we can score two goals without Brucey as well, which is nice, I guess. Um, good, good goals uh, from the boys. But, you know, it's just, oh, it's hard. Not that, I, I, I'm not going to like, slag off the team or anything it's just so fucking disappointing to lose out like that I think it's it's the worst way to do it it's just feel it's such a kick in the balls it's hard to like not be gutted but yeah I think I think overall it was a, a good performance we just need to kind of tighten up in those last few minutes although I'm sure you'll probably bring that up but yeah yeah aye good performance but Hard to be too upbeat about it. Yeah, no, I do get that, and uh, I know it is it's difficult. But a couple of things as well. Just um, just looking at the questions, I don't think as we mentioned. So another quite good performances for me. Obviously, I would say what I think it was Adam Lewis that did kind of make the kind of funky clearance. But apart from that, I thought he was really good. I thought Sean Kelly was was absolutely like. I, I mean, I've got to say Martindale again. You know, he set up right. He made the right decision. omionga has been a bit off the boil and came in. Uh, I'll just kind of put this to you, Liam, actually. Why not? Um, let's just, while we're, we're doing this. Yeah, Sean Kelly. I thought he had a great game. Uh, I thought Adam Lewis, again, actually, you know, stepped in for Penrice as well and had a really good game too, apart from maybe that kind of shite clearance. But, you know, not bad. Uh, I'll 100% agree with Sean Kelly. However, right, Sean Kelly's sort of been one that He's not had a poor game, I don't think. There's not no. been a single game that he's played. Maybe, I think, maybe one in the cup, possibly. Yeah, maybe the Ross County one, uh, when yeah. he had that delivery in, but he was getting ripped to shit. But, it, you know, but then he made a, a great cross. So Yeah, <laughs> like, it's like, he, he always seems to do something. He either hmm. solid or he I create something. Um, so yeah, he, he sort of gets, I don't know, man, Like he's he's a bit of a enigma. His fans seem to hate him. And... I don't really, I don't get it in terms of when he was, when he first played centre midfielding at Celtic, when he came on, I was like, what the fuck, man? Like, <laughs> he just seemed like to me perfect model to be a centre half tall, just loves fucking putting his boot through the ball. <clears throat> yeah. But I, he, since he's played centre mid, um, he's been really good when he came on against St Johnston as well. He looked quite handy. And um, Adam Lewis. I thought when he first came on, the first half, I thought he was excellent. I thought he was mm. absolutely brilliant. Second half, though, I, maybe not even the second half, it's, as weird as it sounds, maybe the second half of the second half, mm. I thought when, you know, it was squeaky bum time, when it was time to defend for our lives, that's when Motherwell started going, he's someone mm. we can get at. 
You're not going to really get it, Nicky Devlin. But Lewis hasn't played a lot of football. Playing, you know, I know that he's come in, he's one of these players that Martindale's brought in that can play left-back, but also can play here, there and everywhere. So I don't know how often he's played at left-back for other teams or in his whole career. Um, But yeah, I thought second half of the second half, I wasn't, Again, not didn't do anything particularly wrong, but everything that Motherwell were doing was coming down his side and mm-hmm. they were creating a wee bit of chances. Even their first goal sort of came from sort of side. from a cross on his side that just sort of fell. But um, yeah, I do agree though. I think I remember the first time I seen him against um, Aloha and Wraith oh, Rovers and I was like, this oh, guy, nah, um absolutely done with him already but no ever since then I've been really impressed with him and uh, it was a shame that it's sort of fallen on him you know some of the blame but aye overall decent performance from him yeah no absolutely Um, I'll just stick with you Liam just where we're talking about um, players and stuff Uh, Odin Bailey um, obviously scoring uh, probably arguably one of his best games in a Livy shirt (laughs) He's just been extended by Birmingham, so I mean he will hundred percent be going back there. I mean, understandably so when he's had a pretty successful season up here and getting more game time. What's kind of your thoughts on that? Do you think he'll be a real miss um, for next season? Yeah, and it sounds silly to say that considering that he's not always been like a number one starter, but for me he should have been. I don't know if it's been injuries or whatever, but um he's sort of been in and out, like most players there's like a core of players that have always been in the team or in the squad but then there's some that you know, Bailey's sort of played two games in a row then he's not in the matchday squad for two weeks then he's on the bench, then he plays and then he's disappeared, it's, he's one of those but whenever, yeah, I, I think he'll be a massive loss, I think there was in, um, whispers in some quarters of our various uh, sources <laughs> that is he might have stayed for next season or that he certainly was keen to stay but I think the curse of a loan player is that if he's on loan doesn't do very well you go why are we fucking loaning players like him but then if a loan player comes in and does well the curse is that his parent club are like oh he's worth keeping hold of you're alright we'll keep hold of him and you're like fuck Sorry. I mean, I can't see him going back out on loan. He's, what, like 23 now, maybe? Like Next season, he probably needs to be challenging in the Birmingham squad if you know they're thinking he's worth keeping. So, um, But no, yeah, I think him and Forrest in particular, who will come on to it, but losing those two players creative-wise is, is going to be a massive miss. Yeah, no, absolutely. And just you mentioned Forrest there, so I'll uh, open it up with uh, with Owen. So obviously, Forrest scored, Bailey scored, and they kind of both appear to be kind of looking at transfer talks elsewhere. Now, uh, now you think that we're bottom six. You think they'll maybe potentially kind of down tools a little bit more. Maybe not put as much effort in like they have been before. You know, what's your thoughts on that one? Um, I'll start with Bailey. I don't think Bailey's going to down tools. Um, because he's going to want to prove, although he's had his contract extended at Birmingham, he's going to want to prove to Birmingham that he's worth starting next next season. So I don't think he's going to down tools. Um, in terms of Forrest, 
Forrest isn't... Again, I don't think so. Because Forrest is going to try and get the best possible move for him. Uh, you know, linked with um, Sunderland, Hearts, Hibs. Um, I fear, you know, and Aberdeen, I think, were another club that he's been linked with. Uh, I mean, it depends on how settled the boy is up here. Um, Martindale has apparently been saying within the club, because I, I know a few people have mentioned it, but Martindale has uh, been saying within the club that he actually now seems to have quite high hopes that Forrest might actually stay with us next season. Which, I mean, I, I, I genuinely can't see that happening, but um, I, I don't think he's going to down tools, because he is going to try and get the best possible move for himself. He needs to keep his name on Sky Sports or whatever it is that the, the scouts are watching and things like that. There could be scouts coming to the games. You know, I think if we'd made top six and maybe made European competition, then perhaps Forrest might have stayed. Maybe that's the, the angle that Martindale was talking about. Maybe maybe Martindale sat down and spoke to Forrest and said, you know, listen, we're, we're, we're looking at top six. We could potentially be getting European football next season. And Forrest has said, well... If that's the case, then I might hang around. Um, but we'll reevaluate at the end of the season. So I, I think it's pretty much guaranteed that Forrest will have gone by next season. It's just that case of, I mean, how on earth do we replace both of those players? Um, it's not going to be the strangest thing if, if uh, Bailey was to say that he wanted to stay. Again, the rumour is that he, want, he wanted to stay here and he wanted to take a contract off of us. But... Um, it wouldn't. It wouldn't be the first time that someone's had their contract extended, and yet, and yet goes back out on loan to the same club again. Um, I think Ryan Hardy. That definitely happened to Ryan Hardy when he was with us the first time. He was out of contract at the end of the season. Rangers extended his contract for a further year or a further six months. It was, and then he came back out on loan to us, and then he went back again and then extended his contract again, just so that Rangers could get money out of him. And you know, so it's it's not the strangest thing to have happened. If Bailey was to even just come back to us for another six months, so I can't again. I can't see it happening, but I think on that side we do have um, a decent kind of core replacement with Nubley and uh, Montano. Uh, we haven't seen enough of Montano this season, and 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 again, like Liam was saying about Adam Lewis, he was kind of one of those slow starters. That was, but after a while, you were like, right, I can I can actually see what we could use. Montano for uh, so Montano on one side Nubly on the other tall both tall both strong both good with their feet on the wings might actually work better than than two sort of pacey bursting um, players but again has has anyone really been like fussed with the 4-3-3 this season you know we could end up seeing ourselves moving to a different formation next season that would require different players so I don't know but if Bailey and Forrest are gone, which I'm 100% sure that they will be, um, then, uh, you know, cheers for the service, but we'll just need to move on. Simple as that. Yeah. Uh, no. duh, duh, we've got Jace goodbye. Now, see, see, like, yeah, KB are coming back. I hope that it happens. Again, I, I, again there's, there's rumours that KB could be going out the door again I don't want it to happen because he's he's went to Falkirk and done reasonably well he scored some goals and that's what you need and that's what we need we need a player who can score goals and uh, KB has always looked on the ball 
He's always looked really, really good. He looks a bit to me like Alan Forrest, but because we had Alan Forrest, we didn't need Kabia around. Um, or oh, that's how Martindale looked at it. So fingers crossed, Kabia can come back and uh, and uh, really surprise some people. Uh, right, Thomas, over to you, my shags. Um Two nil up, cruising. Mother will get a goal from yet another kind of uncleared ball dropping at the edge of the box. What were your kind of your thoughts? Would you say it's kind of was it totally preventable, or you know what? Put your hands up. Good strike. Fair play. I think this one was more lucky than like a defensive issue for me. I've I've spoke about this a few times this season that we've lost goals for poor clearances and kind of from the kind of similar kind of strike outside the box from cross coming in. Lovely player, kind of whiffs a fucking clearance and then it gets drilled into the bottom corner I on first watch I was livid um, I was like oh it's happened again uh, but after watched it again and it deflects off a Dundee player right like and then comes it Dundee player. that'd be a fucking um, <laughs> did it, did it deflect off of Ricky Lammy at the time did it <laughs> I, shouldn't, I shouldn't be drinking vodka cokes on a Wednesday night um, no uh, it deflects it's off. Fucking Tuesday. <laughs> You've had an absolute fucking mare. <laughs> you are fucked. Fucking Thomas Froze no longer welcome. <laughs> <laughs> Get back in the fucking well. Fucking pish head, man. I'm so tired. <laughs> <laughs> On a Tuesday night. Um, That's nah, not, I do like, not edit that one. <laughs> okay, no problem. I'll take that <laughs> I'll go back to where I was so you can edit it perfectly. Um, no. It heads off a Dundee... Screw you, I'm not fucking editing nothing. It heads off a Motherwell player and comes out. And yeah, it's. I think it's unlucky because it's not like the boys made a conscious effort to play the ball at the edge of the box. It's just kind of struck him from what I saw. So it's a bit unlucky. It's a hell of a strike, to be fair. Like, hell of a finish, head over the ball, right in the bottom corner, like, Unbelievable, um, but yeah, I, th- I think Liam made the point earlier. But everything coming from that kind of that side, our left, there there did seem to be a lot of balls in. So maybe we could have done a little bit more to stop those coming in. I think that's probably where the defensive error, if you can call it that, um, lies. Like just letting balls come across because it happened quite a lot, but. Uh, it's a good strike, but frustrating. I w- I, can I touch on one more thing? Because I can't see it in the uh, in the questions. You can touch on anything you like. Oh, thank you. Um, penalty, right? Nicky Devlin runs through, goes, to, gets clipped, goes, well, kind of goes down, tries to keep running. It's a fucking penalty. If he goes down there, if he dives, it's a penalty. But because he's tried to stay up, he doesn't get given it. What's what's the thoughts, Liam? So yeah, uh, after the game, um, me and Povey had a private session with um, Nicky Devlin, the man himself, <coughs> friend of the show. Not allowed to come on, but he's a friend of the show, <laughs> and he uh, we sat. It came out like for a guy that I think he just wanted to get up the road. Me and Povey, Povey had a few aperitifs 
uh, throughout the afternoon. Sh- sh- shouting at him, was he? Just shouting, like, just going, I fucking hate you. <laughs> nah, um, <laughs> so we went up and we were like, can we get a photo, please? Uh, and but not fair play, and we sat and spoke to us for like 10 minutes. Uh, and I mentioned the penalty. So essentially, you're pretty much spot on, Thomas, in terms of what he said or what he told us the referee had said. And he was basically like, there was contact, but there wasn't enough contact. And you're like, well, if there's contact, surely that's a foul. So I reckon that if the the referee didn't promote cheating, please edit that out. Um, But yeah, so essentially he said, the referee had said that there's contact, not enough. In my opinion, contact's contact. If if you're tripped, regardless of a, a wee trip or a big trip, that impedes your ability to do what you want you to do, and that was get to the byline and cut it back. So, yeah, um, again, who the fucking missed the penalty anyway? It's the whole St Johnston thing again. But uh, yes, Jake. Um, yeah, no, I, I know what you mean, but see from the when I was looking at back, see from the angle that the, the ref had. So what I was thinking about from the angle that we had absolute stonewall all day because he came across he planted his foot but then he didn't touch really touch him and he went round it and he tried to stay because he moved round and tried to stay up and then went down so I almost feel like it's almost like so if someone jumps out at you and goes bah and then you go in front of them and you move round them it's technically that person going bah and not really touching you and it's made you go oh fuck and move to the side is that still technically it almost like the guy kind of put him off when you see from the, the when it slowed down on sports scene it doesn't look really like he k- kicks him if anything Devlin should have fucking hit, kicked him like if he was going to be a cheating bastard and to really emphasise it leave his leg in but he doesn't he just kind of the guy kind of stops kind of pulls out of it and then he moves around so I get why it wasn't a penalty because technically there wasn't loads of contact, there wasn't a thing to really put him off, it almost kind of go around. When I was watching it from slow motion, obviously it depends what angle you see it in, but I do, I, I, I've got to say I understand why it wasn't given. Like I get it, it's, I think we thought it was Stonewall, but see from watching it back, it did seem a little bit more 50-50 from him putting his foot in, taking it away. There wasn't, if Devlin had hit, hit him more, Hundred percent, but he didn't, and he moved. He just kind of moved around it. Now it goes to your argument, Liam. Is that a penalty because he's obstructed him in his way, and then he's gone around, but then he's fallen over? You know, he had. I think, unfortunately, for it to be a penalty, he would have had to keep in his leg in to to make that that contact. You know what I mean? It's the amount. Yeah, of, it I know it's contact. not the, like. Pfft, I, honestly, from what I saw, there was very, very, very little. From him putting that his foot in, and he moves it, he takes it out really quickly. It's almost like a Nick. He like plants it just before, and he moves around. This this kind of annoys me though, Again. because people talk about like small amounts of contact, but when you're running fast, I know, I know, it's, a small amount of contact will stop you and impede you. Absolutely. Like if you're running quick and you get clipped, you're gonna go. If you're running like flat out, like I'm sure he wasn't, he wasn't you do on a Monday. At that point. No, but you're you're putting everything into it, right? You're like, is that burst? Like, because he was bursting to get to the byline. Like, you're not in control as much, if that makes sense. 
like because you're trying to like burst it to try and get to the byline you're putting like everything in your body to like get the ball go to the byline and put it in like if you get clipped and touched there then it stops you with your natural movement and even if it's like a tiny little clip it can still affect you and i i think it should be a penalty like i get it like like referees are we told about last week referees are shite and they're never going to give something that unless it's for um, mm-hmm. for for penalty for Rangers. Um, but it's it's frustrating because that, that was at two one, right? No, it was two 0 Was that was that two 0 And I mean, yeah. fucking hell, that seals it like that kills them. So yeah, I was a bit I was a bit upset. I startled the dog, shouting about it from my sofa. The dog wasn't happy about my screaming at the telly, but. Aye. Anyway, we can move on. I fucking any t- oh, I just mentioned that fucking dog man. Anyway, <laughs> uh, right, Liam. Let's go to you for a final one. So at two one, Martindale brings off Forrest and Bailey. What were your thoughts on that? I was sat. It was an absolute pleasure. I was actually sat beside you at the game, and you did have a bit a lot to say regarding that at the time. What's your thoughts? Let's talk about your thoughts at the time, and maybe and has your thoughts changed at all now? Um, my thoughts at the time, you, you can uh, well, you might be the best judge. I like I like to think that I've calmed down a lot at the football, and I wasn't even I wasn't raving and ranting like an idiot when I seen that both of them had come off. I was just a bit like I could understand at the time taking one of them off, but two of them, both of them were having. Not the games of our lives, but fuck me. Like Bailey, as you said earlier, probably the best game he's had at home. Anyway, and at home, in yeah. Livingston, that's probably the best he's played. Uh, and Forrest just gives you what Forrest gives you. Like there's not really much else he can do. Um, and I just thought taking both of them off. Fair enough, it was two one. We wanted to shore things up a wee bit, but I I just thought it was a bit too early. And it was working. We went 2-1 and we were still creating. We were still going forward. We were still... And then taking those two off, it meant that Joel Nubley, who was fucking brilliant again, was up top on his own. He really was like, on what, his own. What was he going to do? Time, eh? <laughs> like, like, what the fuck is he supposed to do? Like, the guy doesn't like the ball coming into the air. He wants it at his feet because that's... That's his game. He's tricky. He's he's got a little bit of like a wee burst of pace. He's and taking off Forest man uh, or both of them at the same time. It just stifled any creativity. And then it goes two two. And the only option we've got is to bring on. And I I don't mean this in a in a harsh way, but the only fucking thing we've got is Martindale going to Sebastian Soto, who you know comes on for 30 seconds you're like fucking hell man (laughs) that's you know and I can see why he brought on Andrew Shinney Andrew Shinney sort of brings he sort of does what uh, Marvin Bartley was done for the past two years for Livingston like winning fills and you know he draws fills in but there was an opportunity that Livy were on the break Andrew Shinney picks up the ball Scott Pittman is running through the middle. It's two on two. Shinny should have played Pittman through and he fucking takes it into the side and wins a free kick. And you're like, fair enough. 
I can see why you've went for that option, but you know we could have killed the game off there. It mm-hmm. was a bit like the whole Stuart Armstrong against England debacle, which Thomas Froh will remember joyfully, but we will remember fucking horrifically. Um, that well. Can you can you recap that, please? You can shut the fuck up. Oh, I'm Thomas Froh. I've got a dog. I'm for England. Fuck oh, me, man. Oh, I like Man United and cricket. Um, I, I, I just thought taking both of them off at the time was stupid. Or not stupid, but just a bit weird. Um, you know, I, I sort of, I spoke to my good friend Paul Hunter after the game. He was sort of defending Martindale in terms of showing things up, blah, blah, blah. And I get that, but do that at 89 minutes. Don't do it just as we, we were defending a corner at the time as well. Don't make a change when you're defending a corner. Don't, you know, it just seemed ill-judged at the time. Uh, and I, I've not changed my mind on it. And if he hadn't done that, we would have been in the top six and we'd be going for fucking Europe. No, nah, I'm joking. Cheeky boy. Uh, I kind of agree. I kind of don't. Uh, I think we were getting battered down that left-hand side and Obelai was, even when even they were coming into it a little bit more, they didn't really create as much. But because Obelai was getting pulled out to the left-hand side almost to cover Adam Lewis, I think one of them needed to come off purely for Morgan Boyce to go to the back three. I think that was a, a good decision purely because we needed an extra man. Uh, over that side uh, and it should have been Forrester Bailey to come off purely because it made sense because of um, you know Sean Kelly couldn't come off Holt come, couldn't come off because of they knew they would have, the pressure would have been on so I think that was the right move but I agree um, for, yeah taking them both off and uh, like you said absolutely spot on Nubley just had fucking no chance after that and it was just him yes is that a retaliation coming bring it sorry no I've, ju- I've just thought of one more thing um, leaving Stefan Omionga on the bench, bringing on Shinny, yeah, instead of Omionga. That for me was a weird one. I, I really didn't get that. I know that Omionga, like we we sort of discussed over the past couple of weeks, Omionga's not been at his best for the past month or so. But his intensity for the last like twenty minutes yeah. has been brilliant. No? My, yeah, that was my final thought: was Omionga staying mm. on the bench. I we're just I mean just to finish up on it we've got kind of uh, we're kind of all doing a wee summary uh, to be honest we can maybe even cut this out because we've mostly we have mostly spoken about it um, yeah Matt a wee summary for me yeah I'm not gonna lie I think it's probably the most sad uh, I've been in a Livy ground um, I think just by circumstances I've missed really bad games where we've kind of like even been relegated or like you know things have happened. Um, I just I could see it, I could see it happening. I had my friend Ross there as well, who isn't really a Livy fan. He just kind of keeps coming to games, and he was just like, "Fuck!" He didn't really know what to do. It was like it's kind of awkward when like your mate starts crying on a night out, or some lassie's crying, and you're like, kind of put a hand like tap them on the shoulder, and you're like, "Oh, you stop crying!" Like you know, fucking shut up. <laughs> so it was a bit awkward that, but oh, you could see the boys. I mean, the, the I mean, I don't remember Martindale starting like shouting at one of the Livy fans. Yeah, I don't know what was I, shouted. I, I don't know why man. someone shouted at him, but it was like from what? reading the forum, someone shouted for him to to go. <laughs> I think someone actually shouted for Martindale to go. Martindale. Really? Yeah. Fucking hell. 
I bet it was that guy that sits behind Julian, that guy that does like, Lino, um, that um, line, like, flag uh, is like a fucking chicken kebab and, and you should eat it. Like, <laughs> yeah. it utter shit. It was definitely that guy, 100%. I mean, I, I, yeah, I, when I, you know, I do remember, I mean, I, I just remember the, the, the stand being silent. There was no booing, but there was nah. no clapping either. For, Everyone's head literally in the head in their hands, yeah. like just looking like, down, like yeah. And then even when the even when the sub was made, when uh, Soto came on, like no, like it was just silence. It was like no one no. can't even remember who came off for him. But um, but going back, sorry to the Martindale thing, and I'll let you get your point across about the last goal and stuff. But I, the, I, I found that I mean, as folk that you know, we on a fucking Livingston FC based podcast that you know, we've suggested this season at one point would it be time for him to go so much has happened since then um, that you know it's clear that he is the right man for the job but I I, I felt you know the reaction of some people um, was just a bit much and I know it's got in I know it's you know and I hate being that like we were in League One five years ago. It is one of those though that are like we're that gutted to to miss out on top six. And you know, fucking Hamilton Aki's were in the league for fucking eight years. Never got fucking anywhere near it. We're <laughs> at the we're at Hamilton Aki's level. We are fucking even lower than Hamilton Aki's in terms of some things. So I mean the disappointment uh, and the connotations of being in the bottom six is more the fact that, and we'll come on to it, um, but you know we're not that far ahead of St Johnston, who have a number on us this season. But mm-hmm. yeah, I, I think like the whole the reaction, initial reaction, you can understand because it, it's an emotive game. But aye, to to sort of to some folk complaining and like booing or whatever about the fact that we've not made the top six for the third year in a row is you know it's a bit over the top and I reckon that we will be there next season but anyway Owen uh, yeah just uh, just kind of mulling over um, the whole sort of Martindale thing because uh, again we did have a segment earlier on in the season where we were talking about should Martindale go um, I think some of us were definitely no but then I think myself was were on the fence um, and I think later on I ended up basically saying no Martin Dale he is the right guy for the job and he is and I brought this but the, but what what concerns me is not necessarily now and I'm and I'm seeing this now that it's not a Martin Dale problem uh, and I brought this up in our group chat so let's I mean I don't know whether it's a point to talk about but I think that during the summer we need to be finding an experienced centre half or an experienced defender because the defence this season has been at times atrocious. The defending, sorry, not the defence, but the defending, someone who can actually organise our defence because again, these last minute goals that we're losing, these just the goals in general that we're losing from corners, from set pieces. You know, it's just like, and it's no surprise to me that we barely lost any goals from set pieces when we had someone like Alan Lithgow at the back. Someone who was vocal 
in the box. Devlin seems to be a popular character in the dressing room and a popular character with the fans and things like that. But is he necessarily doing like what a captain should be doing at corners and things? Is he organising the defence? Is he really like, you know, and I know that in part that it could be to do with Max. We all know everyone's got a different um, a different opinion of Max. And Max should be the one that's organising the defence and stuff. But we need to have some form of experienced centre-half or, some, or someone along the back line somewhere that actually communicates what should be happening because that's where the, it's the, the defending is, is, has been the problem. I don't know if you guys have got views on that. But, you know, for me, Fitzwater's still a young boy. Chances are he's probably away in the summer anyway. Obelai was a midfielder who's been turned back into a centre-half anyway, so again, he's not necessarily the strongest. But I think we need an experienced... That's what we need to be looking for. Andrew Considine or something. I'm not saying, let's sign Andrew Considine, but I'm saying, you know, a player like that, a player who's been around, he's experienced, he's got the ability to be, like, a captain, despite maybe not wearing the armband, but knows how to fucking organise a defence. Um, Jake... Um, I, I agree with you in part one. I think um, having experience, uh, that would only be good for our defence. Absolutely. Having an experienced person like that. Andrew Considine, probably, I wouldn't say no to someone like that. I know what you mean. But f for me, I don't think it's to do with the defence's organisation that's been the problem. I think it's I think it's actually more just come down to inv individual errors. Like, you know, like the odd random clearance that's been a bit pish and, and done stuff like that, which have then led to people smashing the ball in and taking their chances against us. I don't know if it was if it I don't know if and someone who was organizing the defense better would have been even been able to stop these actual individual errors from certain people. I do know what you mean, but I think this season I think in general the you know comparing to what we started off like when we were like we are fucked because <laughs> these two are not going to be good enough but they ha i think in general have been really great the introduction of them they're they're going forward especially with their the kind of their passing stuff but yeah i would kind of counter your argument by little saying that i actually think it's been down to individual mistakes more so, and i don't think they would have been avoided uh, uh, even if they had someone who barked more um, orders, uh, Liam. Sorry, just one last thing before we wrap this one up. But uh, going back, we'll obviously talk more in the next couple of weeks about who we want—not actual names, but what kind of player we'd want. And like to, I think in terms of the the kind of player that you're describing, when is basically what Tom Parks was supposed to be uh -huh. and he's just been really really unlucky with injuries um, and I think that, that's that been the most frustrating thing like again he was one of those, he was a bit of a slow burner Alawa away, obviously we learned that you know half the team had Covid, half the team had the shits, half the team <laughs> were sort of playing on injuries and stuff so that's probably why he wasn't very good but um, you know it's ever since the games he's played in the league you're like Right, he is solid enough. He's experienced. He's played at, you know, a fairly decent level down south, um, and you know he's that sort of perfect centre half age of thirty to thirty three. Of that's when a centre half is probably at the peak or at the prime of their career. Um, you know, it is probably 
finding an experienced centre half though is probably just as difficult as it is finding a striker that will score you 15 goals that Levy have struggled for for so many years. Like the recruitment's been bang on for so many years, but it's because we've been able to find a John Guthrie who is that experience is like a mixture of an experienced centre half with a bit of you know that inexperienced centre half uh, swagger about him. It's like you know, it, and obviously he was like really important going forward and stuff. The post split fixtures have been released. We have Aberdeen away, then two home games on a row against Hibs and St Johnston, followed by an away trip to St Mirren, and finishing up against Dundee at home on the fifteenth of May. From those five teams and that we have left to play, we've accumulated 18 out of our 38 points, which isn't too bad. Uh, St Mirren are the only team that we've yet to win against this season. Just going to go around the table. Not heard from you for a long time, Thomas Froh. Uh, you've been stuck down in that well for a long time without any water coming down to you through a pail. What do you think of the post split fixtures, three home games, do we need anything? Are you completely certain that we're going to avoid the relegation playoff or do you think that we still, these games sort of matter? Oh, they really matter um, because we know what football's like, it can change at the drop of a hat and um, yeah uh, and you never know what's going to happen. I took a little bit of heart out of St. Johnson's drubbing at the weekend because they are just so poor sorry sorry dogger boys um sorry that's so, sorry yeah I, I mean more embarrassing that we got beat to them a few weeks ago um but you, you know you're never safe until you're safe things change very very quickly in football um as we have learned a lot over the last kind of well 20 years as Livingston fans um, on a personal note raging about the Hibs game I'm at a wedding as the best man the other best man is a Hibby so we might see the first top table brawl over football <laughs> at a wedding that's not the first one mate uh, well, no it's probably happened before eh? that's definitely happened no, but it would probably be the first top table Brawl regarding bottom six teams. Yeah, surely, <laughs> surely, probably, probably. Yeah, spot on. The worst thing is, is that the groom is a fucking jambo, and that just makes it more embarrassing for both of us. Smug bastard. Yeah, he's going to be very, very smug. But yeah, I think it could be worse. I think fixtures wise away Aberdeen's always tough always a tough game um, it would be nice to pick up a point there what I hope is that we just I, I can't believe did you say we not uh, won against St. Mirren this season nah. that's nah. mental yeah, definitely won't be in uh, run twice but aye. yeah. Wait, the only time I think we beat them was in the penalties wasn't it yeah, in the, in the cup. Yeah, God, and that, that was the draw after. 
<laughs> Even when we beat them, we still couldn't fucking beat them. <laughs> and Sybil tried to hit bubbles in that game, so it was uh, it was an interesting one. Jeez. I uh, the, the the recent report is that Elon Musk's about to send a fucking rocket into space looking for that fucking ball. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck Elon Musk, prick. Um, yeah, we just need to keep going. I hope that they can maintain any momentum. Um, I told Tyler good performance, but we just need to keep going and you know hopefully secure the. Uh, not going down as soon as possible. I don't think we'll go down. I'm about 95% certain that we'll not be involved in a playoff. Um, but every week that we delay that is another week that we can't prepare for next season. Yeah. I think we've probably spoke, to, spoke about it before. We've, I'm sure we've spoken about it with certain people around the club. The best thing about getting top six the last few seasons was guaranteeing that we were up didn't matter, like the top six, you guaranteed that we're not getting relegated and you can start planning then. When that planning can't start till later, you start missing out on players because, you know, you, you see it with Forrest. Everyone's sniffing about him now. It's mm. the preparation for next season's already started. We can't do that until we're guaranteed to stay up. We don't know what our budget is until we kind of know roughly what position we're going to be in. Mm-hmm. And if we're relegated, then that turns things completely on its head. So... Yeah, it, 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 as quick as possible, need to seal things up. Um, Aberdeen away is probably the worst game to try and do that because it's, you know, historically been a very tough fixture. Then home against Hibs always difficult. Home against St Johnston, you know, we all know about those games this season. But yeah, like I just hope, you know, I don't know, I don't know the maths on it, but you know, four points from those three games would that make us safe? I don't know. I think it would. It would probably make us safe um, in the grand scheme of things. So, yeah, I don't think we'll go down, but you never know. Bloody football. Bloody football. I, yep, those sentiments are shared. I will, before I ask Owen his thoughts on the post split fixtures, I will just remind everyone because Positive Povey isn't here, so you're dealing with negative me, the wee negative Nelly. Uh, Livingston, fair play. One season was curtailed with COVID, but Livingston have yet to win a post-split fixture since coming back. Really? I think, yep. I think <laughs> we've, like, we've not won one split game in two seasons. Not so. Out of ten games, we've won none. So, wow. oh, and how confident are you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, Mister in the playoff, Mister Cynical himself. What the fuck does Mister Cynical himself think? Um, well, I'm sitting here looking at the fixtures. I'm and I'm getting. This is the feeling that I'm getting just now. I reckon Aberdeen at Pataudry, zero points. I'm reckoning Hibs at the Tony Mac, three points. I'm reckoning St Johnston at the Tony Mac, three points. I'm reckoning St Mirren, zero points. And I reckon Dundee, well, they'll be down anyway, so I'm going a point because they seem to have our number this season at times as well um in that first game in the season they just yeah what is have we got two wins and a draw against them so far like they've not scored either 
They've not scored. Right, so... Okay, then. I'll go for a full three points against Dundee, then. Um, so I reckon that out of those five fixtures, it is possible for us to get nine. Three wins and two two losses. If we get nine points from that, I reckon that we'll actually finish on a better um, points tally than the team in sixth. It's, that's, that's the way that I'm looking at it. Now, I could put a charity bet on that. I could put a tenner down on that. So the last five, like an accumulator, but like we would need to wait until the end of the season to find it out. But I reckon I could put down a loss against Aberdeen, two consecutive wins against Hibs and St. Johnston, a loss against St. Mirren, and a win against Dundee. I think uh, I could always do that. I'm probably not going to, but I probably I could. <laughs> <laughs> that is far too optimistic for my liking. Yeah. I well, you reckon nine points is too much, do you? I reckon if if you're gonna if you're gonna ask me for for specifics, a big fat zero against Aberdeen, three against Hibs, zero against the two Saints, and maybe a point against Dundee. I remember the last time we played Dundee in like a meaningless game that they were relegated, we were safe. Kenny Miller scored within like two minutes and it was the most eye-bleeding game of football I've ever watched. More so than that fucking St Johnston game a couple of weeks ago in McDermott. Um, yeah, I, I just... I think we'll do... I think we need three points to stay up. 41 points usually is enough for teams to finish in 10th um, so yeah I think yeah another 3 points if we beat Hibs I, I, I said that to Nicky Devlin actually I just said as long as we beat Hibs I don't fucking care uh, Jakey Boy finally to you what are your thoughts on the post bullet fixtures my friend I, I'll keep it I'll keep it short yeah I wasn't uh, kind of too worried it's kind of what I expected uh, like Dundee Dundee on the last game of the season I'm quite looking forward to it right think about this paint a picture 12 o'clock kick off the gents all meet in the den 11 o'clock because we probably can't get in any earlier because of the drinking laws anyway first pint Dundee, 12 o'clock, all sat in the stadium. The game finishes up, fucking drubbing Dundee. Wah, 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 Dundonian's coming home. We are straight back in the den, my friends. And we're there until the player of the year <laughs> fucking night out. And we'll be absolutely fucking willied. And it looks going to be fucking brilliant. And I can't wait. So positive, good end of the season, player of the year awards. going to be a great night. Jay's Kabia is going to be fucking drinking Jaeger bombs out of my shoes. It's going to be fucking brilliant, mate. Buzzing. As always on the Almond View, when I and Jake and all the boys, when we've run out of things to come up with for segments, I just suggest a fucking pointless quiz. So here we go. It's another pointless quiz for the Almond View boys. They will have three questions each about the league season pre-split this year. So, I have my wheel of names spinning just now. The tension is killing me. Who is up first? It is none other than JK Pointer. Right. One time. So, Jake, you have 
you have three questions to answer about Livingston's season so far. Are you ready? Let's do it. Okay, question one. There are three teams that Livingston are unbeaten against in the league this season. Who are they? Hibs. Dundee. Dundee United? Wrong, you got two. Dundee, Dundee United and Ross County. Ross County, fuck, 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 fuck. Jason Holt. Yes, that's funny. Now, Jason Holt has played the most minutes in the league for Livingston this season, but how many assists does he have? Zero. Correct. And finally, how many teams have Livingston failed to score against in the league this season, and who are those teams? Um, Rangers. Oh, I don't know. I don't know. Um, Saint Mirren. Uh, and oh, I don't know. Is Hearts one? Oh, I can't remember. I don't know. I, sure. You did but, say the right team. It was only one, and it was Hearts. So Hearts. I might give you half a point, maybe. Nah, because you said two other teams before it. Nah, Fuck you, I'm going to be savage. So you have one point. Congratulations, that is abysmal. Okay, the <laughs> wheel of names is going. There's only two names left. And up next is... Oh, it's little Timmy Thomas throw down the well. How do you feel about this, Thomas? I'm feeling not confident, but Jake did terribly, so I'm quite happy. That's the okay. spirit, my man. That is the spirit. Mention your dog. Anyway, right. Okay. Get <laughs> right. my dog's ready? name out of your mouth. <laughs> <laughs> Insert slap. Right. <laughs> okay. Your first question. There are three Scottish teams that Alan Forrest has been linked with heavily in the media before the split. Who were they? Hearts, Hibs, Aberdeen. Wrong, St Johnston, Dundee United and Hearts. Oh, what, before the split. Oh, fuck's sake. Yeah, see? What is Livingston's record unbeaten sequence this season? So, how many games have we went unbeaten at one point? The most. Seven? Wrong, it's five. We've been unbeaten wow. in five games twice so far this season. And finally... Who was Livingston's first league win against this season? Oh, Jesus Christ. Celtic. Correct. Amundo, you also have one point. Ah, oh, fuck, I don't have a tiebreaker. So, Owen, you better fucking get to it. <laughs> Come on, Owen. Okay, so, are you ready for your first question? Ah, go on then. Okay, Bruce Anderson has scored a brace twice this season against which team? St. Johnson. Wrong, it's Dundee. Ayo Obelai has scored four league goals this season, but how many have been from the penalty spot? Two. Wrong, it's one. Dundee United away the day before my wedding. And finally, oh. Livingston have failed to win two home games in a row this season. True or false? They sort of failed to win two home games in a row. Yep. True. Correct. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> 
She would just call it. If you gave me a 50 50, I took the 50. We're all winners, mate. We're all winners. Right, we can either call it a draw, which I'm happy to do. I'll take a draw. And then we can do a big finale quiz in the last. Aye, we'll do a big finale quiz. Big finale quiz. Definitely. Big finale quiz. Both of you want to be involved as well because he gets so pissed off when he gets things wrong. I know, that's true. It's so good. Sunday the 10th of April saw another defeat for the Lionesses as they lost out to Renfrew 3-2. Some week for the fucking Livy teams, eh? <laughs> anyway, um, so from the Twitter, I saw it was in the 87th minute and totally against the run of play. Is it? Would you say it's fair or unfair to say that the, that moment's maybe summed up the full season, Tam? Maybe just kind of being the better team, but just not taking chances and finishing teams off? I think it sums up every big game this season, um, 100%. Like Frustration has been the, the theme of the year. Every time someone asks me about the, the women's team, frustrating, 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 frustrating. Uh, I wasn't there, but speaking to you know, people who are, they were by far the better team. They were by far the better team. Um, lost out to a couple of set piece goals and then they doors, weren't they? yeah yeah they went two 0 down so i mean good fight to get back into the game and you'd kind of hope that they would go on and win it mm-hmm. um but from what i've heard there wasn't a massive amount of football played uh that renfrew team i hope none of them listen i doubt they are but they're not a great football inside they're they're fighters like it's not a game of football when you play against them. Been watching them for a few years, like back with Blackburn as well. They're not the best football inside in the world, um, but they they battle and they they fight to the end. To be fair to them, but there's no way that Levy should be getting beat by them with the kind of quality of players and the way that they can play. Mm-hmm. Now, from what I've heard, the Levy weren't amazing on Sunday, and I think. It's kind of end of the season blues. Last week's result is kind of put a hope to any ends of promotion, which is like such a massive shame. Then losing this one again is really kind of put the nail in the coffin. But it's always it's always tough when that happens because obviously they're going to be in the league next season. They're going to fight again, but I think it's hard to pick yourselves up when you've been going for a goal for all season. And I think that was maybe like a slight hangover from that realisation not a massive amount of football played probably not at their best but to lose with the last kick of the ball from what I've read their only shot on target in the second half is frustrating as hell and it's it's rough because it's another game that they didn't deserve to lose you'd probably be happier with a point in this game but realistically one shot in the second half at 2-2 two, two at half time you couldn't expect them to win yeah it's hit the post as well. Yeah, like not long before the goal, not too long before the goal, hit the post. It's one one of those ones. A bit annoying. Yeah, and and obviously missing again, missing Rachel is always a, a big thing in the middle of the park. And yeah, yeah. So how many how many games have, are there are there left? Is, are we kind of really approaching the end now? Two games left. Only two left. Yeah, two games left. Um, home at Hutchie Vale. Uh, this weekend, um, 12 o'clock kickoff down at the stadium. So, you know, weather's meant to be good. Come down, enjoy the sun. 
enjoy Livy. Bank Hopefully holiday. Bank holiday Sunday. Sunday. You're off Bank on the Monday. Sunday. We can all go and get absolutely pissed. We'll get get the tennies in at the game. Nice. Um, so yeah, that'll be good. Um, I'll be down this Sunday. Looking forward to that one. And then next weekend, it's away to Edinburgh Caledonia, which to be fair should be a result as well. So hopefully pick up six points for the remaining two games. Um, but what I do know now, I don't know if this is public knowledge, but fuck it, uh, is the season starting in July. So the women are going back to summer football. Like, summer football. Um, so there's not too much of a turnaround. I think that's a good thing because um, yeah. it lets you kind of just kind of carry any sort of momentum from this season next, and there's no that not that big break. Um, interesting to see what happens with the squad next season. Uh, hopefully, kind of the vast majority of the squad stick around because I think they're a very very good team um, and they've got massive potential. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, I think what I've been saying to Rebecca now is you just need to focus on next season. You just need to get yourselves up for, for doing it next season. Cause there's no excuses next season. You can say that they've got an inexperienced squad who've been thrown together during COVID and it's been quite tough, but they've not got that excuse next season. So they need to realize that and realize that, you know, it needs, needs to be done next year. Um, they need to really kick on, um, when these tight games, if they win these tight games this season, they win the league. Simple. Uh, so it's about easy getting yeah. easy as that easy as that yeah but, I mean, win. <laughs> we, we split the last one game you know what I mean like and there were so many draws where they conceded last minute goals um, like a couple of games at home that were just so frustrating were by far the better side but conceded a late goal to kind of drop two points so yeah I think looking forward now I think is the only way to go these last two games you should get results from um, but it's more about what we're we doing for next season, how we're we preparing for next season. Yep. How are we going to kind of take what went wrong this season and have the solution to that next year? Because, you know, one, possibly two teams will go up. So there'll be a bit of a kind of freshening up in the league a little bit. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can kick on and just do it next year because I'll be bloody frustrated if not. Right. On the line, Essie. So let's go. Yes. We start. Let's go. Be set. Let's go. Let's go, man. Thanks very much for listening. If you enjoyed this episode, please check out our previous episodes that include interviews with Livingston legends such as David Fernandez, Barry Wilson, John Guthrie, Sean Byrne, and many more. Check out our social media: Twitter and Instagram is at Pod. Facebook and YouTube, just search for the Almond View podcast and make sure to subscribe to wherever you stream your podcast to get notified about new content. Forza Levy, hope to see you next week.